Well, welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast. It's great you're with us today. I'm delighted to have the very special guest with me, Mikael van Larsen from Denmark. Uh, Mikael is the Secretary General of the Free Church Network in Denmark. Welcome, Mikael. Thank you. So uh, now, Mikael, as I travel the world, visiting different countries, working with different churches, I'm very aware that in different countries, the church has a different relationship with the state, a different relationship <laughs> with government. So what is yes. the relationship like between the church and the state in Denmark? Well, in Denmark, we have a very strong Lutheran state church, which uh, like 75% of, of the population is members of, of the Lutheran state church. Uh, so when you talk about Christianity in a Danish context, it's very much seen in light of, of a Lutheran uh, context. Yeah. Having, and I, and I having, understand, is it, is it right that if yeah. you're a member of the Lutheran church, the government will take an extra tax from you to give to the Lutheran church? Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So the relationship so, is very embedded in the state. Yeah, to, to a certain degree, but you could say that the Lutheran state church is then very, um, can, can really, is a, is a church that can really have, have room for everybody in a sense. So certain parts of the Lutheran state church can I relate to very well. Other parts, it's a bit more difficult for me to relate to. So it, it's, it, is, it is also a cultural institution. It's yeah. both a church, which wonderful, great, great, great people, and it's also a cultural institution. Yes. Um, so it, it does mean that the, the government uh, has, like Christianity, has an important role in the Danish identity, but it is uh, more in terms of a cultural identity. And in reality, Christianity as such, uh, the, the knowledge about Christianity is quite limited yeah. at, uh, in the Danish population. Yeah. So when you say a cultural identity, you mean people are born into a Lutheran home? and just automatically will classify themselves as Lutheran and part of the Lutheran church. Yeah, I don't think they even would say Lutheran home, but they would just say that it's part of, of being Danish is, it means that you also are baptized into the Lutheran church. Wow. But that becomes less and less so. Like uh, today, it's maybe only 60% or, or even less uh, that get baptized. Okay. So, so it is changing. So over time, eventually, there will be a separation between church and, ch church and state yeah. if, if it continues. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, obviously, you represent the Free Church Network, which is yeah. any church that isn't Lutheran. Is that, is that yes. right? That's correct. Not any church, but all like evangelical churches who is not Lutheran. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you can see, you can say that uh, for most Danes, um, when they think Christianity, when they think church, they think Lutheran state church, everything outside the Lutheran state church, quite a lot of Danes know very little about, or they are quite suspicious. It, they, it, it's the, it might be some sectarian movement or like a fear that there's something sectarian about it. Uh, or, or just simply do not know. I mean, there, there's very little knowledge to uh, Christianity outside the Lutheran state church. Yes. And so you're the secretary general of a network of churches um, that yes. represent that group. How many churches within the free church network? Well, there's around 400 free churches in Denmark, uh, so to speak. Hundred, uh, most of them are divided into smaller segments. We are representing around 100, mm. but in reality, we're representing maybe two, 300. In, yeah. in uh, like this, there's, there's a different uh, way to uh, to count that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we we are the largest representation, 
and uh, you can say that the political relationship between the state and uh, and the free churches has been extremely limited like yeah. traditionally there has been almost no contact between the political world and the free churches yes so on the one hand the lutheran church is known and trusted on the other hand there are these unusual churches that are not lutheran and people don't know quite whether to trust them and what they're about yeah Yes. And when you say trusted, like it is trusted, but it's kept a bit far away still from, from people's lives. People are very suspicious towards religion and towards Christianity. As such. So even though they're members of the state church, they will not say that they believe in, in Christ or they believe in the resurrection as such necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but they, they trust the institution to a certain degree. And it's good when they're getting married or when they have a funeral. Mm. So when I had the privilege of meeting with you in Copenhagen recently you told me about an initiative that you'd taken as the free churches to increase your standing and uh, the way you're perceived by uh, the government in, in Denmark could you tell us a little bit about that yes we were realizing that the religion was taking uh, because there's been quite a, a lot of refugees coming to Denmark over the past 20 years or so and that means that Islam has become a bigger and bigger uh, element in, in Danish society and also in Danish politics and so on that means that religion uh, has become a very hot issue in in politics where where the politicians are trying to discuss how are we to handle the challenges from an islamic culture into a danish culture so so there was more and more laws being made that was regulating the relationship between the state and religion outside of the lutheran state church so for example there was uh, laws made that made it illegal for uh, religious preachers to uh, uh, to say certain things. Of course, it, it's, it's very extreme things that I could never say, but uh, like uh, religious preachers, if they were talking about that it was okay to beat uh, your wife or that you accepted uh, stoning or that homosexuals go to hell or something like that, when you had those quite, quite very strong statements, that became illegal. And by doing that, they picked out religious preachers as a particular problem. So religious preachers have less freedom of speech in a Danish context than politicians have. Politicians can say these things uh, with, without being persecuted, but religious preachers can't. So that's just one example of, of how religion started to become a bigger, bigger challenge in the political world. And, uh, and more and more politicians talked about religion as a problem. Yeah. Um, and we were out on the fringe. Nobody really knew who we were. And we realized we needed to, we, were, we, we didn't have any influence and we had, didn't have any voice, so to speak. So all the, quite a big number of these different church denominations then got together and, um, and started the organization that I am now a general secretary of because together we can have one strong voice. So uh, Frikirgenet, Church Net, Free Church Net, is then representing mm. all the churches towards the politicians and towards media so we can speak with one voice. And then uh, I became general secretary two years ago when I started, I did not know a single politician. Uh, and, and the first thing I did was to visit uh, those yes. politicians who is on the political committee that deals with religious uh, issues and, 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 uh, and just to meet them and say, hey, I'm the new general secretary. And somebody said to me, um, before I, I went visit the first ones, they said, you know, maybe you could invite mm. them to visit a free church in, in, in the area where they've been elected. And I didn't, I didn't know if you could do that, but I tried to. Uh, the first guy I met with, he was the former uh, minister of defense, uh, and uh, I met with him. 
And I was so surprised by the openness he met me with. I, I was expecting suspicion. Yeah. I was expecting what I've been used to. The free church is a bit strange and, uh, and yes. so on. But I ex- experienced somebody who's quite interested and who was open to connect uh, with me. So I asked him, I said, hey, would you be interested in visiting a, a free church in, your, uh, in, in the area where you've been elected? And, and he said, yeah, I would love to do that. So we, we made a, a study trip uh, t- for him and for another politician from, from the committee mm. who was elected in the same area where they visited a, a church, a school, a Bible school in that area. And, um, and I thought hey, that, was, that was tremendous. It was good. We had testimonies. I mean, people telling about the social impact of the church, the integration impact, of, uh, and yeah. also the salvation impact. I mean, people who, had, yeah. who, who also had come to faith how in, the, in Jesus Christ. How did the Christ. parliamentarians respond? It was just super positive. Experience. So I thought, wow, that worked. Well, these two guys, the first two guys I had were, were um, uh, they, they knew something about it. Like they, were, they were some of the few politicians, probably because it was, they were on the political committee, they, they knew a little about the free churches, so they were quite positive. But I then thought, yes. well, what if we did this in every, with all the members of the parliament? What if we, in, 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 the, in all of Denmark, wherever a parliamentarian has been elected, that we made a personal invitation to the MP where we address him or her uh, and where we address the committees he's a member of, where he's a spokesperson. So we kind of find out how can we make a visit relevant for him or her. So it kind of fits into that. And first I I found a quite, I I tried to get contact with a little bit of a known politician uh, first and, and have him or her to say yes first, because if I had somebody say yes First, yeah. then yeah. I figured out it would be easier for others to say yes to the invitation as well. Um, and uh, by doing that, we discovered that we could actually get four or five members of the parliament yeah. to say yes a to a study trip a for three hours, yeah. which was completely surprising to us. They were ready to say yes to three hours study trip. There's a lot of time. Um, and so they come, they visit first one church that has kind of where we typically emphasized uh, for example, the social work in that church or the integration mm. work in that church. And then they visit another church, which had then some supplementary strength. But we always and, and then we always ended with a dinner or with a coffee table yes. where we had invited all the pastors of the city to come to meet these politicians. So, so for the politicians, when they came to us, I always asked them when they came to us, like, have you been in a free church before? And all of them, except one, all of them said, no, we've never been to a free church before. And when I kind of asked them a little bit, you know, so, so what do you know about free churches? Almost without any uh, exception, what they knew about free churches was that it was something that was in the, at the fringe of society. It was limited. Yes. It was only interested in itself. And we were fighting one another uh, church to church. That was their picture, really seriously. Uh, mm. After the visits, they were they were really really um, shocked, many of them, and and amazed, and uh, and we always did a video afterward where we where we put a video and say what has made them the greatest impression on you today, and and they were surprised. They said we 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 were not aware that the free churches were so large. We were not aware that everybody is welcome. We were not aware that you were so interested in society that you yeah. want to. I mean, just yesterday I had uh, a vis- we were, I had a, a MP visiting a church 
she's probably mm. we have election in Denmark coming up and she's probably the coming uh, minister a social minister mm. uh, and, uh, yes. and I knew that she's quite skeptical towards religion because I've, I've heard her speak where she's been very strong in her opinion but she had said yes to come and visit one of the churches and she was super skeptical in the beginning but when we mm. brought in the testimonies people sharing their stories of what this church had done in their life got so touched and in the end when i did the video she just said you know i've discovered this is a place where everybody's welcome amazing. and this is amazing? a place where there's fellowship and and we need yeah. more places like this in denmark it was <laughs> really amazing so how it was so many, amazing how many and that was just yesterday now and they've uh, seen accept the invitation <laughs> yeah. to visit a church in their constituency Yes. Well, we have we have in in the parliament we have 179 MPs, and uh, just today I got another accept from from the minister of finance who just accepted an invitation. So with him uh, we are at I think 54. Wow. So that is wow. more than I, every third. Yeah, um, it, it it has a, it has a very big impact. Of course, you can say that this yes. has just happened in the last year. So the long term consequences is yet to be seen. But as but just one example, we had a uh, in January we had a very negative TV documentary about free churches going on air, where yeah. they picked up yeah. all the terrible stories of free churches, like all the worst stories you can imagine of churches that we have nothing to do with and we don't yes. like them and we have never had anything to do with them, but they bear the name of free church as we do, uh, and and the whole documentary was aimed at creating political change and, and getting uh, new laws and limiting the freedom of free churches. Uh, I, I could, when I saw the trailer, I immediately wrote to the 50 parliamentarians that we had, uh, that we had, visit, had, had visiting us or who had said yes to visit us. I wrote them a personal email, all of them, gave them yes. our press release where I told them where we, were, where, where we were standing on these issues that was being debated. And out of those 50, over 30 of the MPs answered me and said, you know, thank you so much for being uh, early out and and, uh, and making clear your position. Wow. And, and and there was no political reactions yeah. whatsoever on this matter because of uh, of the relationship we'd created. So that is, of course, a negative story. But on the positive story, um, yes. we've had MPs who joined us for, for church service as, as private persons. We have MPs who is uh, very willing to become to build uh, uh, build alliances, uh, not just with us, but of course we're involved in other areas as well. So we have now we we actually become bridge builders, which is quite interesting because none of the other NGOs in Denmark yes. has so like of at least of the NGOs that I yeah. know of and of the Christian NGOs at least has so good relationship to parliamentarians yeah. as we have. So we become bridge builders between not only churches and politicians, yeah. but so now we become bridge builders between politicians and other parts of the society. facilitated to visit their churches and their constituency. It's quite remarkable. Uh, 54. There people listening today, Mikhail, who are thinking, actually, the relationship between the church in my country yeah. and the government yeah. is difficult. And they'll be thinking, actually, could I take what you've done in Denmark yeah. and can I adapt it and actually make it work in my country uh, you know and, and for people listening who are thinking that right now um, what what three pieces of practical advice would you give them uh, if they were to explore doing this yes. the first piece of advice would be a mental change in our own heads 
because we did not know this was possible and we did not think it was possible. So we have kept to ourselves. And if there's one thing the politicians yes. have said to us over and over again is they've said, mm. we are so happy that you invited us. We, 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 we're so glad that we can see this. So it's, it's a mental change to understand that we are, uh, that, that actually there is yes. goodwill out there. We just need to find it. We need to go for the goodwill. Mm. And, and to make those connections, then we'll be surprised to find out how it works out. Second piece of advice would be to always be personal. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, that, that is nothing that beats yes. the eye-to-eye the -eye contact when you want to invite a politician. So I have been going to different meetings uh, to find the politicians, to meet them, mm. to greet them by hand and to present, represent myself and say, hey, we would really like you to come. <laughs> I mean, one, one famous politician, I found out where he was eating his breakfast. And, and it, in order yes. just to, to get that yeah. first meeting eye to eye, because that breaks down barriers, and then you can invite them, and then you can, you can bring them on. And the third thing is to don't, I mean, be clear about who you are, but make it, yes. of course, with wisdom. We always have testimonies about people who has got saved. Yes. Because we don't only want to be a social entity. Yes. We want to be a church that believes in Christ transforming people. So, so being very clear about that. And, and the best moments in these visits are when we get the testimonies about people mm. getting saved. I mean, yes. that, is, that is where the air always I, I becomes so, so magic. One is, the Holy Spirit is there, right? on your own mindset. Yeah. Recognize that what you do is significant yeah. and be confident and bold about speaking to politicians and others. Secondly, to be personal. I mean, it's great relationology. It's, you know, don't just send yes. a letter or an email, actually get in front of people and, and sh love them with your eyes and relate mm -hmm. to them as a human being. Uh, and then thirdly, um, yet to, yes. to, to be upfront about, Christ transforming our lives. I mean, I think those are three exceptionally good pieces of advice. Um, so if you're listening and you're thinking about doing this, uh, these, are, these are great tips. But Mikhail, you're, you're involved uh, beyond just this one initiative. Uh, what, what other advice would you give uh, leaders about <laughs> beginning to build this relationship as Christian leaders, church leaders, with um, government and other civic agencies. Are there other tips that you could throw our way? Well, one thing that really surprises me is to discover that uh, people, yes. are, what I've learned in church, I've grown up in, in a Pentecostal church and I've you know, learn to relate to people and always like I'm, I've been a pastor for many years and, and so on. So I've learned to relate to people in a certain way. It's easy for me to meet new people and to make contacts and to introduce people to one another. Um, I've discovered that there is actually there is a lack of people who can connect people. And there, there is a lack of uh, all the time I find myself just today, I had a meeting with, with a professor at a quite famous university that I've not met before, who is representing um, uh, some quite yes. interesting value-based things that, that, that is a little bit similar to what we're doing. And, and, and he did not know all the people that I knew and was so surprised by, by all the people mm -hmm. I knew and was so surprised what I, the relationships I could bring to the table. And he can, of course, he had con contacts into the academic world. But I've, I've experienced it now a quite a lot of times that when I meet people who is quite famous in a Danish context, who has quite a lot of influence, it is still 
limited in the sense that they they don't know really they're not good at connecting i don't know if it's a dangerous phenomenon i don't know. i'm just surprised to discover yes. that society is more bound into small yes. silos that really do not speak that well together and i'm discovering more and more that we as a church actually can have a role in building silos together mm. and helping people with with like mind and with like passions to find another and to actually uh, reach that mm. goal and, 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 and to, to make those values people, to uh, be able come to true. walk between different worlds, to be able to walk between different sectors, to be a church leader and to operate in politics, or to be a politician and walk in the world of the church yeah. or policing or business. Uh, and I think it's a special calling and a special <laughs> ability that some people have to be able to walk between these different worlds, to build relationships and to learn language, really, a new language that enables you to communicate effectively yes. in a different context. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think you're right. I think this is the biggest uh, challenge and opportunity for yes. us as leaders who are passionate about transformation uh, to be able to walk between different sectors and walk between different worlds. I look forward to my next visit to Denmark uh, so we can continue this conversation further. But thank you today for sharing your learning with leaders around the world who I'm sure are thinking right now, we'd like to do something like this. So thank you very much. Thank indeed. you so much very for the much. opportunity and looking forward to meet you in Denmark again.